Hello and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kim Yajeka. So we are reaching the tail end of season four. Um, because I am still a one-person team, I can make that decision on my own by myself. So I'm about to go into another season of recording new and fresh episodes and going into season five of the podcast. And what you can look forward to is number one, more consistency. Um, <laughs> yeah, more consistency. And number two, hopefully the YouTube. I'm not going to lie. I have no confidence. That's really what's slowing it down. The few things that I have recorded, it's so different when it's audio because I feel so comfortable, you know, talking audio, but I really want to challenge myself with the video content, learning how to edit, learning how to use different, you know, materials and stuff. So it's definitely coming and it's definitely something you can look forward to at some point in the year, but definitely this year, hold me accountable. You can come up to me like, where's the YouTube sis? And I will do my best not to make any excuses but right now i don't have an excuse other than i am shy <laughs> it is awkward um i can see where it could be a lot of fun and it's a great challenge so we'll see how that goes but for this week's episode we are discussing the economics of podcasting and my guests and i discuss a plethora of issues just so much stuff as Zimbabwean content creators with podcasting platforms. We discuss access to these platforms, how our upbringing and, you know, culture impact the kind of content we make, the conversations we have, how we censor ourselves, how we don't censor ourselves, all of that good stuff. It's a pretty mixed, loosey-goosey, layered episode, which I love because it's such a wholesome conversation. And, you know, talking to my guests, um, I only know them from the podcast that they host, right? I don't know them personally, but when we were talking, I felt like, you know, I've known these women all my life. And it just, it just made me think of, you know, all the wholesome times I've had with, um, in my friendships with other women. And it's been, guys, there's so much value in that. I don't know, coming together, it's so refreshing. And I feel like it pours into me so much. And, you know, being in my late 20s with so much change happening, so much, you know, shedding of, I, I think you've seen it on social media, on TikTok and Instagram reels, the shedding of, you know, your old life from, you know, your late teens and early 20s. If I envision, you know, how I thought my life would be then, almost turning 30 now it looks the people i'm around are different um my values are different and even though my life is not quite where i would like it to be if i'm being very honest i'm doing my best to you know stay present keep going and you know this conversation was really great and very encouraging listening back and editing it i was just like yo guys women zimbabwean women african women we are uh it's so nice and i hope you get the same wholesome warm vibe the the conversation felt like a hot meal on a cold day which is uh, i hope you feel that way too um and enjoy listening to it as much as i enjoyed recording it so thank you 
please do not forget to follow the podcast on social media at in this economy podcast on instagram and follow me your host at kimia jack on twitter and as always let's keep the conversation going i live for the feedback i think that's the serotonin boost that leads me to creating content is just going seeing the notifications and people being like hey girl hey hey uh yeah don't mind me i'm a middle child good issues um, but yes um please do enjoy the episode and i guess without further ado let's get into it um so for today's episode i have the i'm so excited the most wonderful guest from the it's layered podcast amanda and Rumbi. guys welcome to the platform Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Well, what an you? intro. You're making us blush. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. You are really Thank good. you so much, Kim. So how I found your podcast was um, through the AfriPods like talk that we had for Zimbabwean podcasters. And I tried to like listen to everyone who was, you know, already on the call because I think um, it's such a unique, well, not unique because everybody's got a podcast, right? But it's an interesting way to choose to communicate with people, especially being like Zimbabweans where you live in the diaspora. I'm still based here. Um Podcasting is not always the most accessible form of content creation, but the p the few people who are you know podcasting are producing really interesting things and having very unique conversations where it's like okay I'm finding my audience um, most of it would probably be biased or geared towards people in the diaspora because they would have access or podcasts are more accessible whereas here at home you know. Um, my ride or die friends, I really appreciate them, but like telling someone, oh, I have a podcast, then I send them my link tree, they're like, yo, guys, this is a bit complicated. Is it somewhere where I could just let it play? So it would be interesting to talk to other, you know, Africans and Bobby and content creators based in other places just to figure out like what inspired, what influences and all of that. So do you guys want to introduce yourself for the people before we get started? Amanda, you can go. Rumbi, you know you're always the one who has to do this. No, like, but you're you A. But you, I mean, you, you can, okay, introducing ourselves individually. So Amanda, you can introduce yourself individually and then I'll do the podcast. Okay. okay. Like, well, I'm Amanda, if you hadn't heard that from. So sorry about that, Kim. That's such a, I'm obviously the, the shyer one of the two of us. Oh, please. Come to introducing. Um, but yeah, I'm based in Melbourne and um, really fell into podcasts podcasting almost by mistake really it was um Rumbi who encouraged this to happen and then I was like oh yeah why not and as you said because it's such a unique way to speak to people but I think because of its uniqueness is the reason why I love doing it because you got your time to digest all the information you got time to get really into a topic and yeah so here we are today Four seasons. We're about to record our fourth seasons in, and I'm I'm probably the one who can't believe it the most that we're still doing this. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So I'm Rumbi, and um, contrary to Amanda's belief that she's shy, I'm joking. No, she's she's not shy at all. Maybe shy talking about the podcast. So yeah, we pretty much stumbled into it. Um, we've been friends for a really long time, and because we live far away from each other, just we our catch-ups tend to be really long and also we cover a lot of intensive conversations and we just like uh surely we're not the only ones who feel this way about a lot of these things and um then i was like oh we should start a pod i actually said it i was like oh we should start a podcast then amanda was like 
yeah, we should. When do we start? I was like, oh, like for real? Um, and then so that's kind of how we fell into podcasting. And um, yeah, it's been really great. As she said, can't believe we're going into our fourth season, but also very grateful. So, yeah. No, that's amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for making the time to be on the platform. Um, and we'll get like straight into it then. So you have mentioned a little bit that you were inspired by the conversations you were having during your catch ups. But what would you say is like the main influence that led you to decide to starting a platform and creating the podcast that you've created so far? Um, I think for me, it was definitely um, realizing there wasn't really anyone in this space who I felt could relate to me, my specific situation. I mean, of course, podcasting is really big in America and there's a lot of beautiful African-American uh, Black British as well podcasts that are out there. But I felt like in the Zimbabwean space, I was like, at that time, I was like, and this is in the midst of COVID as well, where we were like content hungry because we had nothing else to do in lockdowns. And I was like, you know what, if we can't find it, then maybe we just have to create it ourselves. And that was the driving force for me um, to do it. Because it's quite unique to be a Zimbabwean and we're very proudly Zimbabwean. And we were like, why don't we just do our own instead of like depending on other people? Yeah, uh, totally. And <clears throat> I'm an avid, I've always loved podcasts. I, you know, learn and glean so much from podcasts. And it was always interesting to hear these conversations. And I felt like I couldn't hear myself or the conversations I was having with my friends. And also, you know, wanting to represent a modern Zimbabwean woman, you know, I think it's not as, often we see ourselves represented that way or people feel they know us people you know that Matt whether it's mansplaining or it's you know just like other people from other nations trying to speak on African issues and I think also both of us living away from home we see how perceptions of what a, a Zimbabwean or black African woman is supposed to look like and we're kind of like we're actually layered and multifaceted. So I think that that kind of also tied into why we get, got this started. That's great. I love that. I love the layered part. Ah, it all comes together. It's <laughs> 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 so beautiful. Um, I definitely uh, like, agree with a lot of that because what led me to start was really just wanting to have conversations that weren't really because a lot of podcasts like you're saying are black british african-american which is those are the ones i tend to be more biased towards because it's slightly more relatable i mean i do enjoy a good episode of call her daddy every now and again or you know but mm. a lot of the time i find content creators who like reflect my interests and what's also nice about podcasts is you can always go back and listen to it again and um, pick like your favorite like segments or sections. So it's really great depending on what you're listening to as well. But what led me to start was kind of just talking about my own experience in the most authentic way possible. And for me, it's a weird place to be in Zimbabwe, having lived outside for a little bit, being extremely privileged, but at the same time, technically a minimum wage worker. And I'm like, guys, let's let's make sense of this. How are people figuring things out? Because I am struggling and I don't even know yeah. where I fit into it. 
And so just wanting to have these specific, unique conversations, I think, is a reason why a lot of people, well, a lot of young Africans especially, are starting to use the podcasting platforms because it's not quite radio. You don't have, like, the discomfort of, you know, creating video content and, you know, people commenting on the quality and all of that kind of stuff. It's relatively easy, but it's not the most accessible way to get in touch with an audience. So... Um, for the It's Layered podcast, what has been the most challenging part of creating a podcast style and brand that's accessible, relatable, but still like true to yourselves? Honestly, I think in terms of creating the brand, the name wasn't so difficult. We literally um, thought about which phrase we used the most when we were talking and we'd say it's layered really often. Um, in terms of actually getting it like getting our logo done and all that fun stuff. Um, we knew what we wanted. Uh, we literally had a picture from when we were on a vacation together and had to get it, you know, turned into uh, an animated version of ourselves. Um, but I think refining colors, I don't know, Amanda, correct it if I'm wrong, like choosing the right color. Mm. Is it the right format? Like we're both detail oriented people. So just our personalities came through. Um, that was pretty much maybe one of the hardest parts. And like what color, because each season we change colors for our our logo, uh, things like that. Um, but I don't feel like the brand was so difficult because I think it came from a genuine place of just like the essence of who we, we are and who we were when we were coming up with this podcast. And it just felt right. It felt like it fitted into what we wanted to say, what we wanted to talk about. Um, no, definitely. I mean, that's the thing with our podcast. It's born out of our friendship. So because the friendship is the foundation, it's almost like it just felt so easy. Like, we're like, oh, what do you like? What do you, it was just we're bouncing off ideas. Then we just went for it. And also because we didn't have an idea of what it's going to be like, we were just like, let's just try and because we were like, you know, sometimes I think now when you want to start a podcast, you've got so many other ones to compare yourself to, quote unquote, that it might give you a bit of a stumbling block. But for us, we were kind of like, eh, there's no one really out there. Let's just do it. Like, so it was like a bit more, it was, it was much more free in that way because we could just do and then correct after. You know what I mean? We just started. We didn't really like think too much about our brand and how we're going to, it's actually, sometimes we actually get shocked. We've gone so far as we've gone. Cause we were like, we just, it felt like we did it on a whim, even though the intention was pure and it's definitely there. It still has that like innocence about it. I'm curious for you in this economy, firstly, mm. I love the name in this I economy. I know. Right. <laughs> stop. Like anyone, when you say they understand, and again, it's so relevant in 2022 in this economy when inflation yeah. is rife and all that. So yeah. yeah how did it go for you? And uh, relevant for up? Zim, exactly. for Zim economy. Everyone exactly. knows Zim economy. Exactly. <laughs> so how did you like the journey for you to find your brand and to come up with the name? Well, it started, the name kind of started pretty organically as well, because when I was thinking of, oh, I want to start a podcast, it actually started with me looking for a hosting site, like a place to put it. And at first I was thinking, oh, I'll just put it on SoundCloud. But I'm like, no, it would be nice if it was like on Spotify and Apple Podcasts mm -hmm. and everything. So I was, I had like a different name. I forget what it is now. It was like Chats with Kim or something like that. Like it was something very, you know, just catchy, whatever. 
Um, and then I was looking at the pricing, like packages for for a hosting site, and I was like, Invisionomy? What? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love exactly. that. Exactly. I was like, Oh, wait, that's a good idea. Like. Um, although, cause it was like, it was expensive and I was thinking, okay, I earn X amount. I want to, I want to host it on as many platforms, but this is kind of pricey. And I was looking at, you know, the cost of equipment and all of that kind of stuff. And it was just kind of ringing in my head. I'm like, yo guys, this is actually a very expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a solo episode on my podcast where I talk about it, where I'm just like, guys, I know I really love doing this. It's a passion project, but it's actually really pricey. And all I get out of it is like pure enjoyment. Otherwise, there's no like, revenue or anything coming in. So that's where it kind of started. And when I started it, I didn't want it to like um, be sort of boxed into a certain kind of, you know, like, oh, you're going to come here for like educational content or you're going to come mm-hmm. here for like casual chats. I just wanted it to be as fluid as possible. So I would talk. My first goal was not to just talk to my friends because that would be easy. I would literally be like on Twitter, on Instagram, just shooting my shot like, hey, so I have this little podcast and Mm -hmm. yeah, similar to what I did with you guys. And that's how it started sort of growing. And every time I think of little things that happen in my life and just like you guys, you know, where you're like, oh, we're having a chat. I think this would be a good episode. I'll be watching something or thinking about something and be like, oh, this would be a fun thing to talk about. So I've not only like spoken about like jobs, job hunting, doing all those kinds of things, but I've also talked to people about how are your friendships affected, you know, in the economic Mm. circumstances, how Mm. um, I have friends who live in foreign countries and they earn 10 times more than I do. So when they're like, oh, let's go to Tulum, I'm like, Sorry. <laughs> in this economy? In this economy. <laughs> please. Somebody. I know y'all could do it, but I have to take me a minute. It's going to take But a you while. know what, Kim? It's so yeah. real. And that's something that's so yeah. and often not talked about is in friendships and yeah. where you are and in your economic standing as friends and the pressure that having honest conversation about your financial standing with friends and being understanding of friends where they are financially because otherwise you can put yourself like way out and all that so it's so it's so important but we always think of friendship as easy fun like you know but anyway Mm. basically i'm hype about your podcast and like what it stands for yeah definitely (laughs) definitely and and isn't it funny like i was actually looking at your podcast and listening to a few episodes and i was like this is like it's layered in terms of you go into depth into the thing and it's like, I like how your topics are so relevant. And it's like funny how you can talk about one thing so many different ways. Mm. And I think it's like the nuance of conversations, right? And I think people just think when they think black women, when they think black African women, they just think one stock standard. And I think the the reason why podcasts are also amazing is that they show that we're not just cookie cutter we all think differently and have had lived different experiences just as much as like you know our white counterparts have um so yeah kudos thank you you. and i really love how your podcast sprung out of like your friendship in such like an organic place and i also really think that with having these nuanced and different conversations i realize like 
I don't know how, but somehow you always end up at the same point talking about the same thing. And it just goes to how at a base level, we're all so similar. Like acknowledging our differences is important, but we're also similar. And there's so much we can relate to each other. And it's just a matter of hearing someone say something in a way that you understand, even if it's the Mm -hmm. same no message. It's like, no, I'm resonating with the way you're expressing it, how you're experiencing it. So that's what mm-hmm. I also love about creating these platforms, listening to your your conversations, because um, when I was listening to your podcast, I really just felt like, guys, I'm just sitting here with my coffee and my girls. I don't know these people. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's, it's podcasts do that. Podcasts yeah. make you feel like you know the person, your yeah. friends. Exactly. And then yeah. until... Until someone says, oh, yeah, I was listening to your podcast on X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, right. Like, it's the weirdest thing. And it's happened yeah. to us time and again. Or yeah. they'll remind you of something you spoke about. And you're like, I actually forgot I said that. But it's yeah. really cool. That what did I say again? That. You remind me. Yeah, like literally. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's great. So when you guys were putting together, like, your your concept and everything, how did you determine your target audience? Like, who did you imagine would be listening to your platform? Personally, I knew access was going to be a thing for Zimbabweans, like from the jump. Like I wasn't even going to sugarcoat it. I just knew, I was like, well, to be honest, it's probably going to be people who are similar to us, people who are Zimbabwean who've left Zimbabwe. First of all, that's probably going to be the primary target. Of course, that's just, I, I personally think it's just due to access because I think there are lots of Zimbabweans based in Zimbabwe, as you said yourself, who would love podcasts, but it's just a thing of, oh, it's so complicated. I've never done this before. Is this a radio show? Is this a, like the, the language of around podcasting is very, very uh, new. Um, so I think we didn't really go in going, yeah, we definitely want these people, but we were like, naturally, this is what's just going to happen. And it's been what's been surprising for me is other people from other places listening, like not not only from the continent of Africa, but also like Australians or Czech people or and it's just like, oh, they're like learning more again. They're learning more about us as black women that we're nuanced. And it's a it's a it's a sneaky way of getting to like see behind the velvet rope you know because it's like oh okay I'm not going to ask all these like very awkward questions I'm just going to listen and find out all these layers to these ladies that and some people I've been friends with for years and they're like I didn't know that about upbringing I didn't know that you went to a boarding school and that happened and this happened and it's just like because you don't want to ask right you don't want to seem like you're ignorant um and I think yeah we didn't go in with it I I didn't go into specific target audience did you Rumbi? Not at all and I think I think it was it's for people like us, by us, like Fubu, if you want to for say us, <laughs> for us, by us. What like yeah. us? I said like us, for, by us. Yeah, to like us, for us, be. by us. Hey, guys, <laughs> still early for me. No, I'm joking. But I I agree completely with Amanda, and I think um, I think I've always been drawn to speaking up for those who maybe haven't been given an opportunity or the voice mm-hmm. or the platform. So anyone who felt heard, seen by our shared experiences, but 100% what Amanda said, like, I've been surprised by people who've listened um, and been like, oh, I was listening to your podcast. I'm like, really? But which is beautiful. I mean, well, not having a target audience, I think is, I think it's so important because a lot of the, you know, how to start a podcast would be like, imagine like your ideal listener. And in my head, I don't want to have an ideal listener. I just want anyone who stumbles upon it who and just finds something interesting. Because what I've found is even when I've 
created an episode, it's weird the kind of feedback I get. I instantly think, okay, people are going to pick up on this, people are going to like this, and they actually like something else, or they hang on to, when you get feedback, they hang on to something that was like not really part of the plan or not really the thing you thought was going to catch on. Um, especially there was an episode I did with my dad um, in, I think it was season two, at the beginning of season two of my podcast. And surprisingly, that was like my most downloaded episode. That's the episode that I get the most feedback on. And I wasn't expecting it. I really thought that, okay, if I talk to someone who's pretty popular, you know, on Instagram, someone who's pretty popular on Twitter, this episode is going to do numbers. But surprisingly, it was just the episode I did having a chat with my dad about, you know, his experiences. And it's always so surprising. So I found that I don't really also have a target audience. I would just want anyone to pick up whatever it is that they can from an, an honest... And there are different, there are different kinds of podcasting, right? Or there's different yeah. ways to do it. Like if you want to approach it from a, a genuine place or like something that really um, speaking to you, that's fine. But some people want to have a niche sort of podcast and then they need to be, you know, drilled down and be more specific. But... Really, I I agree. I don't think there's one way to do it. And yeah. It, yeah. And because we go through things at different times, as you said, you can pick up an episode and you can leave it. And because both of our podcasts do topical stuff. So if someone wants to talk about religion, they'll look for religion. You know, whereas when it's a true crime episode and you're following a story, that's going to be different, right? So I feel like, yeah, it, it just depends on what people want to hear. So it's, you can't then narrow your audience because you don't know who's suffering from whatever and they want that advice or they want that perspective. So it changes. Mm, no, definitely. And because your podcast is so personal and you guys started, a, started off springboarding off of your friendship, is there a way, how do you separate yourself from like your host content creator persona versus who you are? Because what you're saying about people coming to you and being like, oh my gosh, so you said this, you said that. When um, the few times people have recognized me in my platform, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's happened like once and I was like, oh my gosh, you listen to my podcast. But like people assume that you're one way, but actually this is just a, an offshoot of a whole person like like your podcast it's layered so how do you um separate yourself or is if you even separate yourself from your content creator slash host persona i don't even think there's a persona to be fair yeah. like this is literally me um like literally and i think we've always just been honest people and i think we're honest <laughs> intentionally just as individuals in within our friendship uh because I think if you listen to our podcast, you'll hear there are a lot of issues we talk about that as Zimbabweans we just don't talk about or we, mm. you know, brush under the rug and things like that. And I think the whole purpose of the podcast was to uncover and unpack these things. So I wouldn't say there's a persona per se. Mm. And I think we talk about things and um, see what we're comfortable sharing. Um, of course, it's we are vulnerable in a lot of ways but there's a lot about our lives that is not shared on the podcast so mm -hmm. it's not like it's everything just as you said it's not all of us but it's a it's it's an honest part of us that we share on the podcast yeah, yeah. I would say you know definitely because I don't feel like I have a persona but I do recognize as the podcast has been going some some topics are going to be touchy no matter which way and you have to be personal to give authenticity to the topic so if i'm talking about family and 
you know, how my family runs, of course I'm going to probably say some stuff that could rub someone else the wrong way, but it's my my truth. So I think that has been, it's not really separating the persona, but I guess being, giving a bird's eye view when we're having a touchy subject topic of how deep or how far we can go, like enough for you guys to pick up on stuff as listeners, but then also enough to not totally expose, you know, A, B, and C. But it's it's tough sometimes because you're like, you want to go there, but then you're like, ah. You know, so when think, other people are involved, you want to respect yeah, other exactly. people. Um, yeah, yeah. So, no, definitely. Can be think, tough. I think for me, it's I just I, I just imagine whenever I'm like filtering or editing myself, I just imagine as long as I don't say something that my boss would listen to and be like, "Sorry, skirt." Because <laughs> anyone who knows me knows I have a lot of feelings about my job, and yeah. I. I I think the only time I don't fully like express it openly is when I'm podcasting, but I feel like that's the deepest my filter goes. I have no problem talking about like more sensitive stuff. Of course, when it's other people involved in other people's stories, you're going to make sure, well, I try to make sure that like, this is me from my perspective and how I experience Mm -hmm. things. And I try not to, you know, reveal, you know, too much. There's family stuff, all of that kind of stuff, you want to be careful how you cope that or how you tell those stories. But in general, I don't, yeah, I don't really, I'm pretty honest as well. Like I don't really control. It's hard, it's hard to control it because then you're losing the story. You know exactly. what I mean? You're like, exactly. I'm going to go there, let's just, like Rumbi and I sometimes, this before we yeah exactly we're like record let's just go there and then maybe we can try and draw back when we listen back and we think okay in editing we can edit but to be fair we haven't really had to and sometimes i I think of one time when we had to yeah you yeah exactly you just think yeah normal yeah sorry guys i know (laughs) i think the only one time i've really like chopped and changed an edit was when I recorded an episode with two of my friends and there was a point where the chat and we were talking about like other people and that's the only time I was like okay maybe maybe that's not fair maybe let's not would the people would the people know that you're talking about them like that's certainly... it, it was just so specific like it was too uh, ominous <laughs> for it to be general I think that that chip or girl that chip or, whoops yeah girl, it's just like exactly I feel like that was the only time but otherwise it's it's no holds bar so yeah Um, So my next question is, it touches on a lot of what we've spoken about, where podcasting, a majority of the podcasts, the most influential podcasts are from Western countries. And you, when you think of podcast formats, you'll be thinking of the super popular ones, the ones that show up wherever you listen, like it's always someone American or someone British who has the bigger following. So I feel like as African podcasters, we don't really have a uniquely... I guess, African way of content creating. Like whether you get a lifestyle blogger, a podcaster, an Instagram person, their blueprint is sort of based on what the Western standard is per se. So do you think there's a way we can explore and achieve an authentically African way of content creating that's not really based or too heavily influenced by the Western formats that we've, I guess, been conditioned to consume? We as Zimbabweans, or my experience of being a Zimbabwean, being Western and being authentically African are so intertwined. I don't know where one begins and one ends. 
So I think, and I mean, sometimes when you come, when I came over to Australia, a lot of people are like, oh, wow, did you learn your English here? Did you, because I, we, we conform to the Western way of life so quickly. There's no such thing as adjusting or culture shocks or, because we're like, just like Zim, like there's no, you know, so I think because of that, for me personally, I don't have a distinct line in the sand. Like now I'm being African, now I'm being, but having said that, I think we've also been the underdogs for so long and people think they know what the African experience is and podcasting has allowed me to show people again, like what we said before, how nuanced we are that, yeah, okay, we understand how to work move in a Western world, but there's also another way of moving like the Zimbabwean way or South African way or wherever your podcast is based. I don't know if you can separate the two completely for me, um, but I do know there's a big drive towards trying to show our voice or our side a bit more, which Rumbi and I are pretty keen on doing, um, you know, celebrating our Africanness because we've celebrated our Western part for so long that now it's like, no, it's, it's time. I've got another, other parts to me. I've got other sides to me, not just, you know, being the girl you think you know. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. And I think to your question, Kim, I would say, like, what do we consume in our own personal time? What does that look like? What has influenced us? What conversations do we have with our friends? What does that look like? And so I think, yes, there are ways to, for example, in our episodes, we speak in Shauna at some point, like we interject with like Shauna terms maybe having a podcast in full genre, which I would not be able to do personally, like from top to bottom, have a podcast fully in genre or like I could never. But I think part of authenticity is recognizing the different parts of you. And parts of me has a huge Western influence by virtue of where I was born, where I was raised, the schools I went to and all that. And then, of course, the other places I was raised, um, as well as, you know, the culture from home. So I think you, us being like this is being authentic, because I think people feel like to be an African podcaster, we should be sitting here, um, like, ululating the whole time. And like, do, do you get what I mean? I'm being mm. very, you know, dramatic in what I'm saying. Like, people think authentically African means we sit in you know our hat all the time i don't know just you know the, those stereotypes yeah stereotypes and it's like but i'm showing you that actually we are yes we have those parts and cultural things and that we do have but we're also just normal like you we watch tv we want to comment on what's happening on love island or you know whatever like it is a part of us i think that is the authenticity in saying that we do have this exposure and influence. However, there's also other parts of us that, you know, maybe the world doesn't know. So just by cracking the mic and having these conversations, you are showing your authenticity. I think um, also being aware that Western media has had and continues to have a strong hold on pop culture globally is another thing to realize. That's why people fashion it, um, you know, fashion their podcasts, vlogs, blogs against that because that's what we know. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think there's any harm in doing that, but there's also great opportunity to showcase the other sides of ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I like that a lot because I find that 
I also struggle to know exactly where I'd fit in or where my voice fits in because I grew up with a lot of heavy Western influence. Like the schools I went to, the kind of history you learn, the things you're taught is important when you're young. Then you get older and you're like, okay, so I need to be more African. I need to be this. I need to be that. But you're like, does my experience become any less African because of what I've been exposed to? Because Mm. I'm not Western in the sense that if I was to go to a Western country, I would still stick out, you know, the way I speak, Mm. the way I do things. Like I might have the correct accent or speak good English, right? But if I was to go to England, I wouldn't fit in. Um, Mm. In the same way, many parts, in many parts of Zimbabwe, I wouldn't fit in if, like, a majority of our country is rural. Guys, if you send me Kumusha, I will embarrass you. Like, mm-hmm. I... Yeah, so we won't make you a Murora noted. <laughs> oh, snap! <laughs> well, if your house is a town, I can... <laughs> yeah. Noted to the, to the brothers out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, it would be... Um, I wouldn't know what to do. I would need a lot of guidance and I'm not Mm. opposed to getting guidance, but I'd be lying if I said I would know the first thing to do, you know, if we were Mm. some sort of process or procedure. I still ask my mom, you know, at big, the big family gatherings that happen once every five years and it's time to wash people's hands. I'll be like, so what's the order? Mm -hmm. Mm. I don't want to do the wrong thing. Mm. I don't want to offend the wrong person because I respect my culture. I understand that there's a, cultural representation there's a role I have to play in everything um and but it doesn't take away from me being African because that's yeah. my experience and you still you still perform those will you still uh, take part in those traditions and things like that and I think Kim what you're spotlighting is our generation is kind of sort of reaping the rewards and also receiving the complexity of our what our parents gave us right because they're the ones who are like we want you to have this education we want you to have this exposure better life and in that it's 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 like a dichotomy because you're like okay like what do I do here you know um but they were raised different and they raised us different and I don't think we can persecute ourselves to be more of something because that becomes in authentic so if you're like yeah i want to be the one who knows every single relative and there's like i will start the fire and all that like sure if you can do that great but if it's not your thing it's not you and then in the same breath like you know maybe you're not going for high tea every day at 3 p.m like that's also you know so Mm -hmm. it's I think sometimes we, we're really hard on ourselves to try and maintain our Africanness. Of course, we want to celebrate and all, but trust me, if someone saw me all of a sudden now, I'm just like, I don't know, uh, talking in like 24 seven, like I'm just spitting bars or whatever. They'll be like, what, what's going on, Rumbi? So it becomes, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. And our world is becoming more global anyway. So there is going to come a time where it is like, what is African? What is Western? Because it's just going to be so, you know, I, I I think like that with music a lot of times, you know, there used to be a time when we're like, Afrobeats would fall under world music. Mutukudzi would fall under world music. Now it's like everyone's liking it. You know, what's R&B? What's, you know mm. what I mean? What's cl- we can think of it in classic terms, of course. But if you look at the pop charts now, it's also intertwined. It's like, mm. I don't know. It's a 
there's good and bad things to it, but yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, you know, what ends, what it ends up coming down to is like you and what you value at the end of the day, like as an individual, what's important to you. Like mm-hmm. my culture is important to me because I just fear, I don't know, my family's, like I grew up with my family being like my number one priority. And I may not value certain parts of my culture as much as my grandparents do, but all of the strength of loving my grandparents, I will learn, I will, you know, honor some of those things. And, but who knows what my household will be like when I have kids, when I do this, what will become suddenly very important to me? Or, you know, will I want a more Western home or a more liberal home? I don't know. Um, but I think it comes down to, at the end of the day, regardless of all the noise, regardless of, you know, the world we live in trying to pigeonhole us and define whatever it is to be African or Western influence, whatever it is, um, it comes down to a value system and what you decide is important and not important. I also think that culture isn't static, like it grows, it evolves, it changes with time as we move along because we think like when people were nomads there were probably very different cultures to when now people were staying in villages and all of those kinds of things like my grandfather cannot share his property in Brayside the way he would have been able to share it Kumusha. like it's just it's different yeah. you know yeah no. to it according to the situations we live in now unfortunately westernism has eroded some of that but the other side of it it's like okay yeah, fair and fine. It's been eroded, but what are we doing now? You know, what are we mm-hmm. preserve or, I don't know, change culture that's suitable for the world we live in right now? And in some ways you see resurrection of it too. Like, I mean, Rumbi had Aurora recently and we were all dressed in like what you would call tra- traditional quote-unquote wear. You know, we celebrated all the prints and all the colors and all the... And a good five years ago, that could have just been your normal outfit you know what i mean like just normal clothes you didn't have to find african inspired Mm -hmm. prints you could just go in a you know a nice dress a normal western dress so it's almost like fashion is coming back to oh yeah you know back when i was growing up if my mom showed up in those outfits you wore rumbies i would have been mortified i've been like she came wearing my zambia to my school thing you know like (laughs) so it's like Oh, wow. So there's a resurgence there where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, she came wearing my Zambia and she rocked it, you know? So it's like, it changes. It really does. Yeah. It does. Um, I, I also like that. But what's interesting is I saw Aurora. I wasn't invited, but a friend of mine, her one of her friends was getting married. So she shared the Aurora pictures on social media. And she's like, her friend was anti-African print. Like you were expecting this Aurora to be like fully traditional. And she was like, no, y'all are going to find dusty pink dresses. I'm wearing my olive green print dress. And that's that on that. And it looked beautiful. But I'm just like, Whoa. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> they're doing it like yeah. cultural practice but they're just like no forget the african nah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> color, yeah that is the format and i'm like that's number one very brave but number two i'm like i didn't know you could do that you know <laughs> well you want this money or not you want yeah. the cows or not yeah. that's probably what she was saying she's like okay yeah. I'm, if i'm gonna do it we're gonna do it in my on my terms. my way my turn yeah. I mean. A lot of people are doing Rora in place of weddings. So she could yeah. have been thinking, I yeah. ain't doing this twice. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. And also that's a thing that comes down to like our circumstances changing culture because where it's like you had to have a white wedding, you know, years ago, like you had to, otherwise you weren't really married. And the Rora mm. downplayed. Now there's been this resurgence where actually having a Rora that you're married, like that's 
that's the it and you can have that mm. sufficient of course there are all these economic factors that come out because having two weddings in this economy i don't know but girl girl but, I'll tell you anybody, anybody out there anybody <laughs> listening in this economy don't do it <laughs> don't do it and don't do it in the same year oh wow okay wait so Wendy, for you you had aurora are you planning on having a white wedding i, I just had my white wedding this oh. in september yeah 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 beautiful yeah. thank yeah, you it was absolutely beautiful thank you uh ooh. i told me in this sister, economy in this economy i told my sister guys i took one for the team I'm the first kid to get married in our family. We did it all. The the parents got the bells and whistles. Now I'm like, y'all can elope, honestly. <laughs> like, I really think there's going to be this shift where people just low-key, low-key it. And I'm here for it. If you want yeah. the grand, go for it. I mean, our wedding, it wasn't huge. Like, there weren't a lot of people, but it was still a wedding. Um it was beautiful, loved it, it was great. But I also think if you want to, when someone doesn't invite you to their wedding, don't be mad. Yeah. Be like, they smart. That's really, sure. that's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah. Like, and COVID accelerated it as yes. well. Because, you know, yeah. now going to court to just do a simple court wedding yeah. and link people from Zoom is normal. No one would, like, people are like, oh, well, you know, we've carried that on after the yeah. pandemic as well, yeah. so... Hmm. Oh, no. that's, that's mm-hmm. lovely. Well, thank you for the little story time. That was <laughs> Sorry, you totally really digressed. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. That's, that's an African story right there. Yeah. Um, so, in your experience, what role do you think podcasting can play in the existing digital culture? That we're going through a time like in the pandemic and everything, where everyone's happy to do things online. Um, like Amanda mentioned earlier, you know, we were hungry for content for a while and a lot of people creating content and it's changed the way we communicate. It's changed the way we understand information. So what role do you think podcasting can play in African storytelling? Because as Africans, storytelling is a big thing, right? That's how we pass down our cultures, our traditions. Not a lot is written down. So what role do you think podcasting can play? I was just about to say, I think it's as finally documenting and I think about it for our children our children's children they will be able to listen and be like yo grandma was ratchet or like oh my gosh this is new information for me Mm. if you living especially living in Europe and seeing how much they preserve they record they respect they honor they document their history I'm like yo we are playing games as Mm. Africans and more especially as Zimbabweans so I think podcasting is really a way where no one can stop us. Like no one is holding, like there's no gatekeeper to the sort of um, industry in terms of us having our content. And it's about, we can preserve it and archiving this content is going to become important. Mm. Yeah, Rumi said it all. I completely agree. Mm. Because even when we're doing Rora, even for my Rora, people were confused in the room. People were like, ah, we do this, we do that. I'm like, okay, y'all, what do we do? Like, where where does no one know? (laughs) You know, but no one knows because 
they went to some Rora last week and someone else was doing something else. Then they went to some other Rora. And even though you're all like from the same tribe, whether it's Zuru, Karanga, whatever, it was still being done different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's because of that lack of documentation, lack of process, lack of, you know, if nothing to draw back on apart from memories. And, oh, I think we did this. Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> so... In a way, podcasting can definitely fill that space. But having said that, I also see us consuming content so quickly. And I think it's, it's funny because we the pandemic seem, seemingly slowed us down. But now I feel like we're, we're rushed right, right back, back in. Yeah. yeah. And like it's coming. That's why like the platforms like TikTok and Reels and whatever are quick because it's like 10 seconds. You can get someone's whole whatever it is. So... Mm. Uh, it's quite interesting for me personally to see where podcasting fits in with that. Um, if it's just going to be for the people who want to take it slow and take it, or is it going to be a niche thing as we go more into it, especially in the African space and especially with access. I think access needs to be something we definitely address because it's such a shame for us to only have it for one subset of Zimbabweans mm. pre- predominantly. It's, mm. it's a big shame. No, I, I love those responses a lot. Like, um, I always talk about how I think it's capturing a moment in time. You know, mm-hmm. right now it's a time where audio content, it's a time where the short reels, all of that is archiving a place in history. And I find it really fascinating how right now the 2000s are doing a very big resurgence, like mm-hmm. the fashion, like all of that kind of stuff. And it really just comes back because that time was so well documented. There was a time mm-hmm. where reality shows to refer back to there were hundreds and thousands of like videos coming out. You have your Facebook memories and now Facebook's been there long enough to tell you 15 years ago, you were out there in your yellow hoodie and pink cap with your truck fit and everything, because that's how much time has passed. And it's, it's so well documented and being able to even contribute to that in the little way is quite significant because you never know where this information is going to end up. And in 20 or so years, when you're listening back to even this conversation, you'd be like, yo, who was that? Who was yeah. I? What was I thinking creating this platform? Why was I such a millennial that I thought everyone cares mm-hmm. about what I'm saying? My podcast. Yeah. My podcast matters. <laughs> yes, I really do think it's it's an important part of documenting everything. And you can always look back and be like, okay, so this is where we were. This is what I was thinking about. These were our value systems. This was the precipice of when everything was changing so yeah no I really like that idea of just keeping the documenting and archiving it it's a very cool very cool way of thinking about it and my final question I guess to round everything up is what does the future of podcasting look like to you (laughs) this is a hard question for me actually because I don't know I don't really know what it looks like for me I'm enjoying this moment we're in I'm enjoying the space we're occupying. I'm enjoying the growth, the evolution. I'm enjoying seeing all our podcasts rise. You know, like the fact that we can actually do this. I mean, five years ago, if you told me, you know, there would be like 10 Black African-run podcasts you could name, I would be like, nah, there isn't. Jesus and Jolof was the only one I knew of. (laughs) You know, and it's like, uh, you know, anything else coming. And that was not not even based in Africa. You know what I mean? So it's like, so I think for me to see the growth has been exciting. And I fact that that I don't actually have a specific answer is exciting for me because it just means that it's anyone's game. Um, Yeah. yeah. I think, I I think too of 
the music industry, I think of the film industry, like years ago, you wouldn't expect that I could, where I am right now, watch a film from Zimbabwe, but now I can watch the cook-off in my living room, things like that. And I think, I hope we continue to rise up. That's the hope that we continue to rise up and that we're taken more seriously, I think as African content creators, and also take ourselves seriously, like appreciate what we're doing. That's the thing with Africans. Sorry, just a little <laughs> sidebar. I feel like even if you look at artists, like, you know, the the guys on the side of the road who are doing stone sculptures and you're like, oh, yeah. And our parents are just like buy one. It's just like randomly in the living room. But then when you see it at, I don't know which airport it is in the mm. U.S., Atlanta mm. airport or something like that, like something, and then it's there and you're like, oh, then it gives you pride, right? And similarly, like all the, you know, artwork of the world that is in these museums and galleries is valued more. But sometimes mm. when it's from home, you're just like, ah, this thing. But like, That's you right. know, so I think, I hope we'll value our content creation more as Africans, as Zimbabweans. And I hope we believe in the creative space a bit more. I think there's been years and years of indoctrination about you've got to be a XYZ person to be of value or be someone worth knowing. But it's like, man, our talent, our creativity is unmatched in the world. So yeah, no, I have to I have to agree. I think it's a it's a matter of us just appreciating each other as content creators, appreciating the value and the effort that it takes to create things because it really sucks that we have to get the Western stamp of approval for it to be worldwide, for it to be mm. appreciated, you know? So I think yeah, I, I, I like the I like that idea a lot. Just we just need to appreciate our own content and that's how we'll progress and continue to evolve in the future. But how I also see for me the future of podcasting is also unknown. Like I I started it on a whim. If you asked me five years ago you would have a podcast, I'd be like, What's a podcast? You know what I mean? Like at that point in time, I wasn't sure about these sort of things. And now it's like, okay, this is all I think about most of the time. So that's exciting just to see how everything will go, everything will change. And of course, as more people come and start being, you know, confident enough to put out content, regardless of the quality, regardless of having equipment, regardless of all of those things, there's nothing really stopping anyone from starting whatever they want to start. And I feel like that's always exciting to see when there's a new African, Zimbabwean, whatever content creator, I'm like, yes, I will watch, I will whatever, even when it's not good. Um, I just try to find something. I'm like, oh, but the, the intro is nice, guys. Like, let's <laughs> the intro. Hey, Issa, Issa Ray started somewhere else. Yes. Now. Like, don't, don't knock off your beginnings. Yeah. Humble beginnings mm-hmm. are great. They are great. <laughs> they are great. And it really is like just about supporting each other, yeah. putting your own content out there. So yeah, I, I like that a lot. Well, mm-hmm. the hosts of It's Layer Podcast, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for You're making amazing. the time. I really enjoyed this chat. Yeah. I really did. So and did I'm I. Looking forward to your season four. Is there anything you want to say to the people? Anything you want to plug? Last words. Uh, I'll plug. Firstly, Amanda. Uh, sure. Um, thanks so much, firstly, Kim, for having us on here. This is so refreshing and like it's fun to see other Zim creators 
you know, just out here doing the thing and connecting in this way. Uh, so thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and if you want to know more of what we're doing as it's layered, we are on most uh, platforms where you stream your podcast, Spotify, Apple, those, yeah. And um, mm -hmm. we're also on social media, on Instagram, we are at it's layered. We are on Twitter, it's layered pod, and you can email us, it's layered pod at gmail.com. And yeah, we're looking forward to kickstarting season four, big changes in our lives personally as well, and just uh, seeing where this new season takes us. I don't know, Am, did I leave anything else? No, absolutely perfect, Rumbi, as always. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thank you. So to your season four, I imagine our season four, because I'm also on season four, would be coming around. Uh, that should be fun as well. But yeah. thank you so much for making the time from where you all are in the world. And yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for thank having you. us. It's been yeah. so good. And keep it up. Keep going. We will. Same with you. We love it. We love it. We <laughs> yeah. love it. All right. And that is the episode. Thank you so much. And a huge shout out once again to Amanda and Rumbi from the It's Layered podcast. I'm Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, you being so candid and sharing so much on this platform. I, it was such a great conversation, honestly. Um, we recorded this episode over three different time zones because there are, one is in Europe, the other's in Australia, I'm in Zimbabwe, of course. So them just responding to my, a random DM from a random girl who just said, hey, do you wanna be on my platform? And then making the time to record was just, I, I appreciate it so much. And of course, thank you the listener for taking the time to listen. Um, and I do hope you enjoyed the content. And if you have anything to say, any feedback, any information, experiences you'd like to share, or if you wanna be a guest even, I don't know, hit me up on social media at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and follow me, your host, at Kimia Jekka on Twitter. And let's keep the conversation going, of course. And yeah, um, obviously we'll keep you posted as in when season five will be starting. I don't want to say that this is the finale per se. Um, I may just sprinkle in a solo episode just to round things off nicely. Um, but either way, I will catch you soon. And thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.